Come on. Welcome to Money Savage, a savage approach to personal finance. This is George Grumbacher, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, strong and powerful Henry Das. Henry, are you ready to do this? I am ready. Excellent. Let's do this. Henry is a serial entrepreneur. He is a business coach, a screenwriter, a personal finance coach, and the author of FQ, Financial Intelligence. I'm excited to have you on. Henry, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. All right. Great question. So uh, I am, like uh, like you said, a serial entrepreneur. I've been doing this for 30 years. I founded my first company back in 1991. I've had at least six, seven, eight. I've kind of lost count of them. A <laughs> uh, bunch of years ago, I uh, decided to uh, sort of take my skills and package them up and become a business coach and coach people who are where I was, say, 25 years ago. Um, and then I had this lightning bolt idea when I was at a conference um, to uh, write a course in what I call financial intelligence. So I did that, I wrote the course, tested it, was ready to launch, and then people said to me, hey, you know, this would make a really good book. And so <laughs> that sent me down, nice. spiraling down this year-long <laughs> rabbit hole to figure out how to take my course and turn it into a book. <laughs> and I tell you, there's a lot to it. I'm not going to bore you, bore your uh, your listeners with that right now. But it was an interesting, exciting adventure. And so I published it last fall, and I put up um, I put up this course. I have a few people who are doing this, a 20 week course teaching them anything and everything I know about how to manage and grow your money. Nice. Yeah, I have to imagine you, the 20-week course, a book, that is, and then years and years and years of experience distilled down into something you can pick up with your hands, Henry. That's got to be a, it's got to be, it had to be quite a moment when, when it was actually done and you had the physical product. I got to tell you, that was, I cried. I, I got this book. I got, I ordered a bunch of them from Ingram Spark and I opened it up and I saw the cover and I'm like, I can't believe this. It's like, they, this exists. It's real. You know, I had a PDF. It's like a real book. It has weight. It has gravitas. Yes. So, yeah, it was pretty cool. Nice. I appreciate that very much. So... Well, so much to talk about. I mean, maybe maybe the best thing would just be we're having this conversation on uh, June the nineteenth. What's what's really top of mind for you right now? Well, obviously we are we are in the midst of this pandemic. Um, contrary to uh, public opinion in certain quarters, uh, we are in the early stages. Um, I wrote I write a couple blogs and I wrote a few weeks ago that if this were a baseball game, we are in maybe the second inning. Very funny. I read something last week from a a highly placed um, uh, health source saying exactly the same thing. In fact, he used almost my exact words. Hmm. Um, so we have a ways a, a road to hoe. Um, I opened my business coaching practice up at the beginning of April uh, for free. For three months, my entrepreneurial coaching practice, I put a big banner on my website that said it's free. So I've had 100 phone calls in that, however long that is, 10 weeks with people. And and the theme, the overarching theme is just uncertainty, right? We are certainly uncertain that we don't have any idea where we're going. So that is really the big, the big theme. 
again, we're in the early stages of this ball game. We don't know what the the next few innings are going to hold. The best we can do is kind of either guess or sort of look for some historical context. Um, and it's really, really difficult for a lot of people. I'm a 60-year-old guy, so I've seen market crashes and I've seen the housing bust. I've seen a lot of stuff, but I've never seen this. Never seen a public health crisis. I hope I never see one again. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate that. So, so how, how? Maybe let's talk about people who are thinking about starting a business, and then people who actually have a business. How how are you? How how are you coaching folks to to try to manage through this? Well, no, number one, um, number one rule. It's you know it's the it's the uh, the oxygen mask rule. Put yours on first before you worry about anybody else, right? So uh, what I usually start with is what's your personal situation like? If your business now I spoke to people whose businesses went from doing like really really nicely to zero overnight. I mean literally zero. March March fourteenth, you know sales went from from twenty thousand MRR to zero dollars MRR. Right. Monthly recurring revenue. Um, But you got to put food on the table. You got to pay your rent. The electric company doesn't care about a pandemic. It wants its money because it's providing you with service. So that's number one. I call that sort of your personal financial triage. I asked a few people if you if you couldn't earn a nickel for the next year, how would that impact you? What would you do? What would be the steps that you would take? Fortunately, most of the people that I spoke to, and again, I take people at their word, said it would be tough, but I could do it. Um, I'm dealing with probably socioeconomically, uh, you know, upper level people. But if you're living hand to mouth, like a staggering number of Americans, at least 50 million, uh, it's a whole different ballgame. And, and that's tragic. So how do we figure that out? Then we talk about the business. Then we say, what can we do to pivot this? You know, if you're a travel, I spoke to someone who's a travel blogger. It's like, how are we going to repurpose that business? Nobody's traveling, at least not in March. People are starting to travel now, which is good. Uh, how are you going to manage around that? Yeah. So that's, you know, right. that's, that's uh, you know, that's like a big meta Meta question. So, and the answers are not easy. I don't want to. I don't want to assume for your audience that I've got some some magic bullet. Do this. It's not that. It's not how it works in coaching. We're not in the business of just simply giving you the answer. Although sometimes I have the answer, uh, and I will. I won't play torturous games. I'll just give it to you. In this case, I don't have easy answers. Uh, we need to build a framework. It's old school stuff. Build a plan. Figure out how to make little, um, you know, what I call sometimes micro steps, right? We're not going to make big, huge sea changes, but little, little mini pivots to see where we can squeeze something out of the marketplace. If the marketplace is not giving you anything, you know, I'm a trader. Uh, you know, I've been trading for since I was in high school, I've been trading the equity market. And if the market's not giving you anything, you can't force it to. It just doesn't work that way. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate that. So it's finding that triage, that financial triage, circling the wagons, finding out where you can make changes or pivots, um, and hunkering down. Because to your point, we don't know how long this is going to be lasting for. What about people who are thinking about starting a business? 
Uh, it's funny. I'm 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 writing um, I'm writing a book, a business book, uh, right now. But I've been I've been sort of syndicating something on um, my blog. I call it. Um, the title is "So You Want to Start a Business in the Middle of a Pandemic? What Could Go Wrong?" <laughs> right. In fact, I was writing something this morning about it today. I just started this. Um, <clears throat> I think it's a great time to start a business. I mean, I do. The, the place that you start, and, and I have the, you know, I'm writing this book, it, I have sort of 12 steps from cradle to grave uh, of, of, you know, the business cycle. You start with an idea, right? So where do you figure out where, where there's opportunity? During the early stages when we were back in March and April, I was really focused with people on looking for opportunities to capitalize, not capitalize on the pandemic. I'm not talking about, you know, uh, selling masks for $80 a piece. I mean, there were some people who are out there or hoarding sure. hand sanitizer, <laughs> right. predatory stuff. That doesn't that first of all, it does, it, it's, it's kind of immoral and unethical. But it also doesn't work. It doesn't have staying power. So a lot of the conversations I'm having with people are about what is what's the new normal going to look like? What are where are the systemic changes that are going to happen? You know, do you want to go in the business of making custom masks for people? Mm, yeah, yes and no. Probably not the greatest idea in the world. Although I get at least two emails a day with somebody trying to to sell me a custom mask. Not not really what I'm talking about. It's it's looking at more from the perspective of you're if you're an existing entrepreneur, again, how do I pivot what my offering is so that it's more in line with the current circumstance, understanding that this is not gonna last forever. At least I sure hope not. Please tell me that it's not gonna last forever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm confident. I'm going to go on record right now. This is not going to last forever. That's good. We, we planted a stake in the ground as of June 19th yep. that says it's not going to last forever. But it is going to last for a little while. Mm -hmm. So you don't want to necessarily throw everything out and say, oh, my God, the world has changed and it's never going to be the same. Uh, because even after other catastrophic events, I was living in New York City during 9-11. And it sure looked like there were, you know, that the world had really permanently changed for, you know, for a little while it did. I mean, people were actually nice to each other in New York for many, <laughs> many months because we were all in shock. Uh, and I still remember uh, months and months later when somebody was nasty to me and I'm like, Oh my God, we're getting back to normal. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so look for those signs. Um, I'm a, I'm a firm believer that you, you, uh, invest with your eyes, the old Peter Lynch philosophy, same thing with business, use your eyes, use your ears. Um, maybe don't use your mouth quite so much, but listen to what others have to say and look at the world around you and find those opportunities because they're out there. No question. Yeah. I appreciate that. So. So you said that you've been a, an equities trader for, for, for a good little while and that uh, it's yeah. important to be investing with your eyes. I've been reading a lot about, well, that's, that's not true. I've been seeing, I've been seeing a lot that, that a lot of young people are using investing apps like Robinhood, uh, like crazy. And they're doing mm -hmm. a lot of trading. I wanted to get your take on that. Yeah. I, I've been writing about that too. In fact, I just put something in my, in my, um, I do a, 
what used to be a monthly newsletter, but now it's twice a month. It may end up being once a week. It's like a three-page thing that I do. It's on my website. I call it the DOS FQ update. Uh, yeah, 800,000 people had registered new brokerage accounts since the start of the pandemic. And that's just with three firms, uh, Interactive, Schwab, somebody else. Didn't even include Fidelity. Right, who manages like you know over three trillion dollars? Uh, I also read an article about board. This is a real thing. Board gamblers, because there's no um, <laughs> right. sports. Right. Board gamblers are now coming into the markets to try to you know get some adrenaline. One of the things I wrote about in all caps in my book is do not use the markets to fuel yourself with adrenaline. You will be broke. Trading should be pretty much the most boring thing that you do in your life, right? If any, if any, if your listeners want any takeaway, if it is not boring, you are doing it wrong. Just as simple as that, right? Go to Vegas, play dice, do something. If you really want to get money thrills, so that's that's dangerous because I wrote to somebody the other day. I said, "Look, all these newbies are coming into the market." Another thing I wrote was, uh, someone asked me, "What are the rookie mistakes people made?" So I wrote a five-part series on rookie mistakes that investors make, right? Not assessing risk, all sorts of different stuff. A lot of that money that the uh, you know that the newbies uh, are out there investing is ending up in guys like mine pockets. Let's face it, it's, I don't want to say it's taking candy from a baby, but if you have no idea what you're doing and you're not trained and you're not following best practices, if you think you're just going to ride this up wave, right? We've seen this nice parabolic up wave uh, since uh, the market bottomed in, um, in March. If you don't think that's going to turn around somewhere down the line, you are living in a fool's paradise. So... <laughs> so on the one hand, I think it's great that people are interested in it, but if they're interested in it because they think this is a quick and easy and a dirty way to make some money, uh, you got another thing coming to you. Yeah, yeah, I certainly appreciate that, and I'm going to check out those. I, I, I'm going to check out your, your 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 pieces that that you wrote because I don't know that I don't know that I've ever sat down and actually tried to articulate. Uh, beyond if you've never lost money in the stock market, then you certainly will if you're investing in individual stocks. I just usually tell people that keep keep it super simple because I know that I certainly have you know um, it's it's going to happen because there's so many different mistakes that we can make and we could probably talk for hours about that. You said it's a five part <laughs> series, yeah, so yeah. And I think that a couple of things you said there. Uh, don't be looking for adrenaline. You know, don't be looking for for for, for dopamine hits out of this. Uh, but unfortunately, I think that, um, and I don't know what to, what the interface on like interactive brokers is. I think it's probably pretty straightforward. But with apps like Robinhood, I, I I read that that their interface has confetti and like different things that pop, and it gets really excited when 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 when, when you make trades. And I just thought, well, that's that's ridiculous, and and that strikes me as dangerous. Yeah, I've done thousands of tra of trades. I've never seen confetti ever. <laughs> now, uh, I trade with Fidelity. I trade with with Schwab. But I go all the way back to when you had to call a broker 
and they used to charge you 50 bucks to get in a trade and 50 bucks and they used to charge you an odd lot fee. Yeah. Uh, why? If it's under 100 shares, why? Just because they could. They used to charge you an extra eighth. That's when we, we traded in eighths. I used to work for a subsidiary of the New York Stock Exchange. So spent a lot of time on the floor, spent a lot of time with specialists. I know a lot about that sort of stuff. I didn't even really write about those parts of it in my book because it's the kind of minutia that would only be of interest to to certain people where you're actually seeing a lot of the movement. And it was funny because I noticed it, but I couldn't make the correlation until I read the article about um, about the gamblers is in the options in the futures market, because those those markets have seen a lot more activity, a lot more contracts. And the reason is it's it, it's uh, it doesn't require much liquidity to get into those spaces. Right. If you want to trade Amazon, it's, you know, $2,600 a share. Yeah. Right. But if you want to trade Amazon options, you know, that's easy peasy. And if you want, long, you know, long dated, short dated, weekly options, whatever it is, people who are doing that, who are untrained, my suggestion would be just set your money on fire. Right. <laughs> I mean, you might as well. It would just be easier to do that. Um, so that's, that's worrisome. What I'm hoping is once this moment passes, that some of the folks that are doing this are doing it in earnest and are realizing that, hey, you know, there's money to be made here, but I don't know anything about it. So I got to, you know, learn myself up on this, right? That's what my course is for. It's not specifically to teach you stock trading per se, um, because it's all encompassing. It's, I cover everything, money mindset, uh, contingent, you know, your, your, what you're facing, your contingent liabilities as you get older, you know, retirement, pretty much everything that I could think of from the day you're born to the day you die. Trading is a small piece of that. Investing is a somewhat larger ecosystem to that. Um, and then, you know, managing your money and, and building your balance sheet and your income statement is, is larger still. Yeah, so, appreciate that. Yeah, my philosophy is old school. Uh, it's not sexy. I've been on a lot of podcasts, and I tell them, "Look, it's not sexy. I don't have a sexy thing that I could sell." Um, I don't. I didn't use the word rich in my title. You'd be amazed how many books there are out there about getting rich. <laughs> I purposely said there's a huge difference between being rich and having a lot of money. Yeah, amen to that. Well, Henry, Savage Nation is ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them? So, uh, my uh, my difference-making tip, I'll I'll, uh, I'll quote, uh, I'll paraphrase the legendary coach Vince Lombardi when I say that risk isn't everything; it's the only thing. So, my tip to people, especially you new folks who are getting into this for the first time, it's very easy to to be seduced by return, ROI as it's known, return on investment, right? The S&P 500 is up, you know, 18% for a year. That's really, really sexy for a lot of people. I want that. I'm going to buy an index fund and I'm going to get that. It's the risk associated that is orders of magnitude more important than that. And if you ignore that, again, set your money on fire. It's just much more expeditious. Risk is what you need to look at in your portfolio, right? Whether it's stocks, real estate, Bitcoin. I'm astonished sometimes at the folks who are in the, in the, in the BTC and the other uh, ICO markets. 
not I mean completely risk blind no idea when I when I talked to them about it they, they couldn't even figure out how they would figure out what the risk is well you need to do that if not <laughs> your money's at risk big time that's my tip well I think that is great stuff that definitely gets come on come on yeah you need to understand that yeah. risk and uh, yeah I I appreciate that. That's that. That is well said. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Henry. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you? Um, you can come to my website. I have uh, I have two websites. I have um, www.henrydas, D-A-A-S. Uh, if you misspell it D-A-S-S, like people have been doing for my whole life, uh, you'll still get to my website. That's kind of <laughs> has everything, my screenwriting, my my baseball cards and other goofy things that I do, my screenplays. Uh, my business site is www.dasknowledge.com. In that, you'll find all my business coaching stuff, my FQ stuff, my blog, which has lots and lots of value. Everything that I do uh, in my blog is meant to make you a, a better entrepreneur, a, um, a better money manager, whatever it may be. It's all about value. In fact, I, I kind of suck at selling myself, but <laughs> <laughs> I'll work on that. I, got, I still got time. I love it. Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Henry your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Go to dasknowledge.com. Go to henrydoss.com, check out all the great resources. Um, and I, I I, can attest, I was on the blog and checking out all the great resources he has. And I'm going to go back in and read about the mistakes that, uh, that people make from an investing standpoint. And if you are somebody who is in the markets, I think that's probably, uh, probably a good step for you as well. Thanks again, Henry. Thank you. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight. We are all in this together. Spending too much time on social? Is your daily screen time over two hours? Are you a little bit overweight? Not saving enough money? Any or all of these are familiar. Strive could be for you. The Strive two-week online boot camp will help you to detox your mind, body, and money, getting you on your way to a happier, healthier, wealthier, and more confident life. Go to strivedetox.com, S-T-R-I-V-E-D-E-T-O-X.com, and get your mind, body, and money right.